0: But you also need to activate faith in your finances. And you might ask, how do I do that? How do I activate my faith? There are several ways. The best way is through your relationship with Christ.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sport product lines sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? questions comments prayers bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them bobby at on or join the discussion on facebook you can also call 847-312-8197 847-312-8197 This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights relied on by emergency professionals across America. Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org. Now it's time to buckle your seatbelt and get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: I want to encourage you in your finances today and I'm going to do that by sharing with you some wisdom in the word about your money, your faith, and two elephants. So before you ask what does two elephants have to do with my financial situation, uh, just listen to this. Two elephants were taking a leisurely walk on the decks of Noah's Ark after the big flood. They stood for quite a while looking out into the water in every direction as far as they could see. Finally, one elephant speaks. Wasn't this couple's cruise a great idea? Okay, how many think that that was the female elephant that spoke up? (laughs) It probably was. But in any case, you have to admit, she had a great attitude. And that's the first thing that we want to remember about our finances. We have to have a good attitude. We can't get discouraged about our financial situation. We have to keep everything in perspective. The Apostle Paul said, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So if we're going to see things turn around, it starts with having a good attitude, like the elephant who chose to believe she was on a couple's cruise. We also need to grasp a concept that many of us struggle with. You see, as Christians, we're called to walk a different path. We learn in the word that we live in the world, but we are not of the world. We know that we must engage in and adopt somewhat to the world around us. But our influence and convictions come from God and not from the world. As Christians, in fact, we are to reject what the world has to offer us because our motives and ambitions and inner strength comes from the Lord. So when so we don't let the world influence influence us so when it comes to our money and all financial matters it should be the same way. Because our money is also called to a different path and purpose. If we don't allow the world to dictate our thinking and influence our moral and spiritual decisions, why would we allow the world to make the rules? and set the course for our money. But unfortunately, most of us decide that our faith and our money live in two different worlds. We're programmed to believe the banker, the Wall Street Journal, some newsletter, or any and all advice that comes from a broken financial system. But I want to submit to you today that your money and your finances are subject to kingdom principles just as much as anything else in your life. In fact, the word says more on the subject of finances than just about anything else. You see, God wants to reveal himself to us by intervening in our finances. And he's provided us with principles and promises and wisdoms that when applied will not be subject to any economic indicator, any stock market analysis. Currency fluctuation, interest calculation, consumer trend or forecast. God doesn't need their help to guide us to financial prosperity. One of the best examples of our money walking a different path is when we are sensitive to the needs of ministry and we decide to invest in it. Then God always blesses us. In some way. We don't know in what way. And we don't know when it will come. But it always happens. And sometimes it even happens financially. I'm convinced that God wants to teach us. He wants to grow us. And ultimately to bless us with every good thing in our life. And there's one more thing that I need to tell you. You not only need a good attitude about your finances... And need to understand that your money is not like the world's money. But you also need to activate faith in your finances. And you might ask, how do I do that? How do I activate my faith? There are several ways. The best way is through your relationship with Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Through him, our faith literally has no limit. Another way is you activate your faith by speaking His Word. Because faith comes by hearing the Word, even if you're the one speaking it. And you can activate your faith by praising Him. You praise Him for what He's done. You praise Him for what He's doing. And you praise Him for what He's going to do in your life. Listen, if you're struggling today with your finances... Today's a good day to stop worrying about it and allow God to become your business manager. And I believe that when you do that, something good will happen in Jesus' name. Can you say praise the Lord this morning?
1: Did you know that you can totally depend on Jesus? Stay right there to learn how to trust and depend on Him more each day. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back.
2: Over 900,000 moms per year choose to abort their baby, and 85% of them are single moms. It's hard to choose life when you're feeling alone, but Embrace Grace has a goal to change that. Embrace Grace equips and empowers churches to start support groups around the nation and the world to walk alongside moms with unintended pregnancies. With over 400 support groups in churches around the nation, lives are being saved. Go to EmbraceGrace.com for more information on how you can partner with Embrace Grace to save them both. EmbraceGrace.com
1: And now back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith.
0: You know, last week, uh, after the morning service, a young boy approached me right down here and he says, he says, Hey, mister, where's the joke? I said, excuse me, he said, the only reason I come in here is to hear the joke, and you didn't tell one, so I guess this is for you this morning, but, but maybe you should get your priorities in, in, in order, wherever, you're, wherever this boy is, but anyway, this is part of what I want to talk about this morning. This is a true story about what happens when you depend on somebody too much, it's about Richard Daly, the mayor of Chicago back in the 1950s and 60s. He was known about what great speeches he gave, and little known was that he never wrote any of them. He had a terrific speechwriter, and his speechwriter was so good that the mayor didn't even bother to go over them. He would just walk right up to the audience and start reading them, and people would just marvel at his oratorial skills. One day, a speechwriter goes up to the mayor and says, Mr. Mayor, I think I'm doing you a good job. And I would like a raise. And the mayor, who was then known as the boss of Chicago, very powerful guy, he said, I'm not giving you a raise. In fact, it should be enough for you just to be able to serve a great American hero like me. Well, shortly after that, the mayor had to give a speech. And he was speaking to a a large group of veterans. And the speech started out like this. He said, I love veterans and I have a 17-point plan to help veterans. And he turned the page, and it read, You're on your own, you great American hero, you. <laughs> so do you ever think about who you can really depend on? For, for most of us, the word dependable, when we think of it, a few people we know come to mind. And it's people who, from our experience, that, that can be counted on, and, and uh, we just had a good, a good feeling about them. But we all know that these, these same people, good people, people with strength of character, on occasion, they can let us down. They can disappoint us. And it's happened to all of us. In fact, if we're truthful, we know that we have also let people down, and we've disappointed others, probably more than we even want to admit. And the reason I bring this up today is because it's so important for us not to depend on other people for what only God can provide. Too often we hear where people lose their faith because of the hypocrisy they see in other Christians, and it's a cop-out, and maybe they don't fully understand But to know the Christian life is to know that as human beings, we're going to never measure up to Christ's standard on our own power. You see, there's only one who can stand up to the scrutiny of being totally dependable. And did you know that there's only one definition that Webster has for dependable? And that's the word reliable. And that reliable means only one of two things. Either suitable or fit to be relied on, are giving the same result in successive trials. And then when you think about that, the only one who could ever qualify for that definition is Jesus. And for some reason, we like to put some people on a pedestal and treat them like they are beyond all the issues that you and I face every day. Years ago, America's most beloved evangelist, the Reverend Billy Graham, made an appearance on the Johnny Carson Show. And Johnny Carson asked him if he had ever broken any of the Ten Commandments. And he shocked everyone by saying, yes, Johnny, I have all of them. Well, that shook Carson up. And he said, well, what do you mean? And Brother Graham said, the word says, if you've broken one, it's the same as if you've broken them all. You see, as hard as we try, even Billy Graham knows we can't be good enough, are dependable enough, to be responsible for someone's, someone else's salvation, even if you lead them to Christ. You're not good enough on your own. You're not good enough for them to depend only on you. You know, it's a good thing to trust people. And it's important to depend on others. And it's really good to be dependable yourself. It's real high on the Lord's list of things that we should be. And you know why? Because he is totally dependable. It's his nature. The Lord says, my love is constant. I do what is just and right. These are the things that please me. So when others disappoint you or let you down, you can't let it bring you down also because it just illustrates all the more That there is only one who never disappoints, and there is only one for whom we can always depend.
1: Have you ever made a decision and later regretted it? Well, stay tuned and be encouraged to learn that your bad decisions don't have to be the end of you. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. We'll return after these messages from our sponsor.
2: They say it takes two to tango, but it only takes one Nevo Tools Tango to provide two high-power light sources and also serve as a power bank for your USB-powered devices. This fully rechargeable work light is lightweight yet rugged and features a seven-position arm that rotates 180 degrees, functioning as a hanging hook, carry handle, or kickstand. Use the 250-lumen spotlight the 750-lumen work light, or combine in turbo mode for 1,000 lumens of intense illumination. The Tango, just one of the many reasons why Nebo is the leader in lighting innovation.
1: We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on The Bright Side.
0: I want to share for a minute about making good decisions. Now, uh, I believe that all of our important decisions have a chance for glory or they don't and to explain what I mean I first have to tell you about a bad decision that I once made now when I was a boy I played football and we had a pretty good team and in the last game of the season uh, we were marching down the field with just a few minutes left in the game Uh, Now, I played quarterback, and because we had a two-touchdown lead, the coach called timeout, and he called me over, and he said, "Uh, okay, Bollinger, just keep the ball on the ground and run the clock out and don't screw it up. I said, okay, coach, and I went back to the huddle. And when I got back to the huddle to call the play, our wide receiver, which was a boy named Chucky. And he looked at me and he said, Bobby, this is the last play of the season. It's the last play I'll ever have on this team because of my age. And I I know I can get open. It's my last chance to make a touchdown. You've got to throw me a pass. So I looked over at the coach and he was doing this. And I looked back at Chucky and his pleading eyes and I made a decision. And I called a pass play into the end zone. So, when I took the snap from center, immediately I was facing this blitz of rushers. And so I was running for my life. And right before I was hit, I just heaved the ball to the corner of the end zone where Chucky was supposed to be. And laying on the ground, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a little defensive back for the other team intercept the pass and begin running the other way down the field. And all I was thinking right then was, this is not good. So I managed to jump up and go after him, and I was determined to stop this disaster in the making. And I actually had a shot at tackling him around the 50-yard line. But when I dived to tackle him, not only did I miss him, but he stepped on my hand and he broke my thumb as he kept running to score a 109-yard touchdown. It hurts to talk about it. It really does. (laughs) Later, I learned it was the national record for the longest touchdown in our state. Uh, Well, okay. Now, can we just all agree that I made a bad decision? And is it any wonder? I mean, first, I undermined my coach, which was my authority. I took an unnecessary risk. And then I had to live with the humiliation and consequences of my decision. My broken thumb was one of them. But the thing is, my decision never had a chance for glory. Because I made it for all the wrong reasons. And the Word of God is full of stories of people making bad decisions. You just take Jonah, for instance. Now, the Lord gave Jonah a mission. Go to Nineveh, preach to the heathens there. But it didn't make sense to Jonah To go to Nineveh, it was a bad and dangerous place, so instead, he makes a decision, and he takes a cruise instead. But God wasn't through with Jonah. Now, how many know our bad decisions doesn't alter what God intends to do with us? Because the word says, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. Well, you know the story, story, Jonah's shipwrecks, he gets swallowed by a whale, And I figured that just about the time Jonah sees the teeth of that whale, he was thinking, this is not good. You see, when Jonah decided on his own not to go to Nineveh, his decision never had a chance for glory. Well, thankfully for Jonah and for me, our bad decisions don't have to be the end of us. They can bring us to a place of repentance and restoration because of the amazing grace of God. Like when Peter denied the Lord three times, the decision he made didn't have a chance for glory, but because of God's grace and Christ's love, Peter learned from his bad decision and was restored and overcame his mistakes. Every important decision either has a chance for glory or it doesn't. And when we make them impulsively, or selfishly, or to satisfy our lust or our ego, those decisions never have a chance. It's kind of like when King David decided he had to have Bathsheba. That decision never had a chance for glory. But when we're faced with making an important decision in our life, and we pray for wisdom, and the outcome that we're seeking in our decision-making is to bring honor and integrity to the situation, then that decision always has a chance for glory. Not our glory, but His. I'm telling you all this because we're all going to make some bad decisions. And maybe, like me, you've made some recently. But I want you to know that God is faithful. And if we'll trust Him, He'll always be there for you. In your bad decisions. The word says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He, listen to this, will make your way straight. It says, He will make your way straight. That means He knows our way needs straightening out. Our way is not straight. And our own decision making is one of the reasons that our way gets crooked. But if when when we are wrestling with making a decision, we say, Lord, does this way have a chance for glory? Then I believe he will guide our thinking and honor our sincerity. And not only will our path be straight, but we'll begin to understand this passage of a scripture in Isaiah where it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it and then everything you do will have a chance for glory and something good will happen in jesus name will you receive that this morning
1: thank you for listening to on the bright side with bobby bollinger entrepreneur and business owner bobby is not asking for financial support however he does need your feedback as a spiritual life coach how can he help you questions comments prayers bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on facebook you can also call 847-312-8197 847-312-8197 this show is brought to you by nebo tools Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights relied on by emergency professionals across America. Trusted by many at work, home, or play, let Nebo light your way. Learn more about Nebo Tools at OnTheBrightSide.org or call 847-312-8197.